Today's episode of the Gaucho 9 Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Kyle's Kitchen. Since its founding, Kyle's has been a great supporter of the local community, uh, socially responsible business. They've donated uh, a great amount of money to special needs causes, and you can participate in that by going online, kyleskitchen.com slash giving back. So far, Kyle has donated nearly $200,000 to charitable donation. So check out their website. They've got great variety of meals for lunch and dinner. They've got great folks that work there uh, and they've been a great sponsor for the Gauchos for the last handful of years. All right, today we've got Chris Troy and Michael McGreevy, a couple pitchers for the second installment of A Day in the Life of a Gaucho here in fall 2020. And we've made it to the month long checkpoint, right? Checkpoint. We've been practicing for a month. Uh, the first week, it felt like forever. It felt like forever to get on the field. But now uh, we're a month into it, and, and we're going steady. We have advanced through live hitters. We scrimmaged this past weekend, uh, and we were able to sit down with Chris and Michael to talk about their uh, return to the mound. Uh, we just talked about live hitters. We will do a fall report next week once we get a few scrimmages under our belt. We've got about another month left before the holiday break and uh, rearing towards 2021. So with that being said, let's get to Chris Troy and Michael McGreevy here on this week's episode of the Gaucho 9 Podcast. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. Here's the one strike pitching. Mitchell belts us to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. He strikes out the side for the second consecutive inning. And Armani belts it to deep center. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? There's the 0-2 pitch. And a curveball is swung on him. And the score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champions of the Big West. All right, today on the Gaucho 9 Podcast, we have the second edition of the Day in the Life of the Gauchos, and today we have a couple of pitchers. One is a return guest, Michael McGreevy, a third-year right-hand pitcher who has been a mainstay on the mound for the Gauchos the last two years, 7-1 record with six saves and 32 appearances, a 1.64 ERA for the 6'4", 200-pound third year out of San Clemente. It says 200 here, mm. Michael. I need to change. 200. But as we discussed today at practice, that that's probably gone up a couple ticks. And uh, you're wearing your Hound Pound shirt. This is going to be a good time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The Hound Pound. All right, and our second guest is a fourth-year out of Brentwood, went to Heritage High School in the Bay Area, six foot five, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. I feel like you're not taller than me, Chris, but you might be six foot five. But in any case, you are fourth year. You've made thirty-two appearances in your career, made four starts, three and five record, four point seven out ERA, but you missed last year due to Tommy John surgery and are looking to get back on the bump and you are looking great in your first uh the first couple of times that i've seen you and when 
I heard this mention, it was 16 months at one point or uh, before you took the mound last week. Is that right? Between something uh, like that, between uh, my surgery, July 25th and where we are, uh, where we are at now. So um, it's been, I don't know exactly how many months it's been, but it's been a while. And um, nonetheless, I mean, I'm excited about it. Yeah. And this is of course, Chris Troy and, so real quick, go through the, the process of Tommy John for you, for you, because you sat at all of last year. It happened in the summer, uh, a couple summers ago. And then of course you have to try and rehab during the COVID summer of 2020. So how has that been for you? Uh, yeah. So let, let's go all the way back. Let's, uh, let's start it from summer ball, uh, two summers ago. Um, I'm in uh, playing for the Katuit Kettleers first outing out there, um, and that's in the, the get Cape. my get my first, get the in the Cape Cod League, yes sir. Um, face my first batter, and I get him one two. Try to elevate a fastball, and uh, he, he takes it deep. And so I'm I'm thinking, shoot, this is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be a long summer if guys are catching up to my fastball up there. Um, Funny enough, got the second batter faced uh, one, two again. And I was like, okay, no shot. This guy catches up to this one. Um, and, and on the fastball, you know, just felt a uh, pretty sharp pain and come to find out, you know, it's a torn UCL. So um, short lived summer out in Katuit, unfortunately. Um, but I mean, 16 months or however long it's been since then, since my surgery, um, I'm back, played uh, first, faced my first live hitters. Um, in a Gaucho uniform in a couple of years uh, last week, which is pretty exciting. Um, and then the scrimmage coming up tomorrow. But I'm uh, excited to get out there and compete. It's been a while. Yes, yeah, so one of the reasons why I waited to interview you two was because I wanted to wait until we did live hitters because for the first three weeks of practice, it was all individual groups. And it was pitchers only throwing bullpens. You weren't facing any hitters. And we finally got cleared to enlarge our groups on the field and we were able to face guys in different pods and the live hitters was, was really exciting. It was, it was really, really exciting because first time I'd really seen any live baseball, obviously since March. And then on top of it, it's, we get to see Rodney McGreevy and Troy all pitched in the same day. It was like, wow, this is great. It was um, it was super exciting. So, McGreevy, how's live hitters for you? Because you like to bring energy. You talk smack. Like, it's it's always a competitive environment at Gaucho practice. And what was live hitters like for you uh, this past week? Live hitters was like a dream come true. I mean, it's <laughs> been so long since facing an actual batter in a college baseball stadium since March. And to see that first batter step in and just to see the catcher behind the dish, it was just amazing. Like with everything negative going on in the world right now, just I'd never thought we'd get there until maybe January. So for things to be going this quick and like having like to getting the live hitters, extended practice pods, more guys in the field, it's just awesome. And being up on that mound again was just amazing. Chris? Was, yeah, it, I think, was uh, it similar for you? Absolutely. I think, uh, I mean, being able to um, pitch and face hitters and at Caesar for the 
first time in a couple of years is uh, almost like your first time again. You know what I mean? Is a is refreshing and is exciting, and I mean it's really a testament to our coaching staff, our admin, our support staff, um, and all the good work that they've been able to do with the Corona testing and um, all the all the behind the scenes stuff that really allow us to go from those individual practices and those individual bullpens and our little pods um, to facing live hitters, and now hopefully you know to. I uh, don't want to jinx it, but two facing or two playing in the scrimmage tomorrow. Um, and that's really a testament to my teammates, coaching staff, uh, support staff and admin. You know, they've done a they've done an excellent job and um, following the Corona guidelines and getting us back out there to play. So it's been really refreshing and really exciting. Yeah, it's been an exciting week and it gets more exciting because we were recording this on Wednesday night and we have a scrimmage tomorrow. It's the first scrimmage of the fall season. And normally we probably would have been at least 10 scrimmages in probably more. Uh, right. We would have started scrimmaging in October had we started at normal time in September. So it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. We'll, we'll see everybody at the field at once for the first time. And there will be some uh, added intricacies that are <laughs> different because just going through some of the, you know, the, the messages about how we're going to organize things like it's going to be different, but at the end of the day, we're all going to be as a team on the field, uh, being conscious of our, our actions, being socially distant and wearing masks like you guys have been doing. Uh, I think everyone's done a great job so far. Um, and knock on wood, we have been very diligent and we've been very good for this first month where we haven't had any hiccups and we've been able to be on the field every day uh, pushing forward for this last month of fall ball. Uh, but the purpose of this particular podcast is uh, to get an idea of the day in the life of, of you two guys as gauchos and as pitchers. Uh, pitchers are a unique breed. It's, it's definitely something, I don't know, sports like you're, you're trying to hone a craft. Right, right. Trying to work on a certain set of skills, and with the current state of analytics and all the data and all the gizmos and gadgets, and how you can break down a pitching windup and grip and all that stuff, like you can concentrate so much on a pitcher's delivery and and everything that goes into it, that it's just it's super advanced with all the stuff that that we do and that we're trying to do uh, with all the technology. So I guess my, my first question for you guys coming off of that last tangent is <laughs> <laughs> just like, like were you guys analytically conscious in high school or was it, did it take coming to UCSB to really get exposed to that type of stuff? Let's go with uh, McGreevy first. Uh, yeah. So coming in as a freshman and seeing all the track man rap Soto things that we've been doing at the field, um, with guys like Evan short, Tony Ortiz guys who really dive deep in the analy analytics. Um, it was a whole nother level for me. Cause like we had none of that in high school and my whole pitching philosophy would just be like, Oh, throw strikes, get guys out. That's it. Not, oh, we can really make your fastball do this. We can make your slider do that. It could be even better. And the first couple of weeks, 
of learning all those things, it really bothered me because, and Chex does such a great job at it. And like, he's such a good teacher at that. Like, Hey, like it could be better. It could be better. And that really bothered me. Cause I'm like, I'm throwing strikes. What am I doing wrong? Like I can't seem to get it. And it took uh, my mentor, my freshman year, Chris Lincoln to kind of call me down. I was like, look, like I know it's frustrating all we can do right now is throw strikes and just listen and absorb as much of the stuff as you can. Cause these guys are geniuses and they know what they're going to do. And if you can soak in all that, you're going to be that much better of a pitcher. And since then I've just kind of took it in the whole analytics approach and everything's just gotten a lot better in my opinion. Well, you still throw strikes. Yes. You throw, is, you throw a lot of strikes. We need to do that as a pitcher, yes. <laughs> All right, Chris, what about you? Uh, first off, Ken, you know, when you say pitchers are a different breed, I'm just going to throw a little disclaimer out there. Uh, recruited catcher, didn't really pitch until I got to UC Santa Barbara. That's so right. While, so while I am a proud member of the pitching, <laughs> uh, the pitching community, I, I want to say that I've still got a little, little bit of a catcher and a little bit of a hitter in me um in that regard so <laughs> very good uh, so different breed yes i would agree with that and i'm a proud member of both communities you got full dose full dose of pitching analytics like all right chris we're gonna put you on the mound see how hard you can throw it and see if you have a functional delivery and you kind of did and like the first few that came out of your hand you know were like 94 95 so it's like okay uh, let's try and work on this. So you probably got full dose of analytics, didn't you? Right, right, yeah. So uh, for me, you know, analytics kind of came out of left field um, just because pitching came out of left field when I first came in. Um, and, uh, you know, so since then, I've really I've really matured as a pitcher, really grown into the role um, and the position. And, um, you know, where I'm at now is, is a lot further along in my pitching development where analytics is playing a key uh, role in getting better and, and making incremental improvements. You know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's tough to do both at the same time, learn how to pitch and, and learn the analytics behind pitching. And so, you know, checks and Jones and, and the, uh, the coaching staff that we have, you know, they did, they did a good job and they continue to do a good job of, uh, you know, teaching me how to pitch first and then, explain it and bring in the analytics uh, afterward. Um, pretty fortunate with my fastball, you know, that there's not, there's not uh, a whole lot um, really to change. Not saying that my fastball is great, you know, but um, it's my best pitch and, and I enjoy throwing it. And I think a, a large part of that is because I did grow up a catcher. I did play. Um, I did catch for a majority of my life. And so I think just that arm slot and, and, and the quickness of my arm comes, comes in large part due to, due to my catching career. Uh, and so for, for that, I mean, um, the track man, the rap soda, like Grievy says, you know, it's been, it's been instrumental and in, um, huge in developing my secondary pitches. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's something that we're very fortunate to have and something that I'm very fortunate to be able to use on a daily basis with, with a group of guys, our analytics team, um, alongside our coaching staff, or coaching staff alongside our analytics team, uh, rather. Um, but really, those two things have been um, what I attest to the improvement 
of my pitching career thus far. So as college athletes and, and pitchers, the majority of your day and your, your daily routines, your lifestyle revolves around A, staying up in school and getting the grades so that you're eligible and so you can get a good degree and, and move on after baseball. That's the ultimate goal. The other thing is your arm health, your arm care. Uh, I'm sure, Chris, you probably learned a whole lot about your arm <laughs> this last 16 months. Probably more than I wanted to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, it's it's not just about you know doing some quick shoulder warm ups and then going out and throwing the rock, right? It's it's about sleep. It's about diet. It's about arm care. And arm care is a very generic term, but can you guys go through just just a basic day in, in your life and how you get prepared for, for class, how you get prepared for practice and what you do to recover at the end of the day. Say say you go out and you either have an intense bullpen or you're throwing in a scrimmage or you have like a or you're throwing in a game. Um actually so game is probably different. Let's do like a practice. You throw like two innings in a scrimmage. So like how are you approaching that from when you get up in the morning? McGreevy? So kind of like focus in the day, the night before and just know like what I want to do, kind of visualize success, throwing strikes, seeing um, batters swing and miss at the pitches just to kind of get a good feeling in the, in the mind before the day before. And then the day before um, wake up, I mean, I try to have a great, good breakfast um, nutrition as I've gotten older, being in college is a huge part. Of what are you eating for breakfast? Steamed chicken. No, it's not steamed chicken. Come on, that's for dinner. <laughs> Breakfast, I'd probably go with some eggs, some bacon, and a couple hash browns. Um, credit Mason thing to get me on the hash brown train. Um, so have a good breakfast, and we go to class. So being in Zoom class, um, I'm in – I only have one class per day, so I just – I uh, try to lock in as best I can and zoom's hard. So you definitely, definitely focus hard on that. But throughout the day, I'm constantly thinking about that next scrimmage, like the scrimmage coming up, who I'm going to be facing. So it's always in the back of my mind. So I'm always just kind of preparing, thinking of who I'm going to face, what I want to do. And so then get to lunch and by then it's almost practice time. So I normally try to do, try to stretch out a little bit back at home and then head to the field, listen to some music, try to feel good and get to the field roll up and time to compete. Time to compete. Yeah. You're just competing. So you, you want to be first through the gate. You want to be the first guy that, to check in with me or Hakame to get your temperature checked. You want yeah. to have the, you want to get, you want to guess your temperature, right? <laughs> oh right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, like oh for, for everything. So I <laughs> guess my temperature right. I actually guessed my temperature uh, last two days, so I got a two-day streak. Oh, good wow. for you. Trying to keep that alive, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's impressive. That's impressive. Thank you. Okay, Chris, what are you doing to prepare? You know, for me, it's uh, for me, it's about being consistent and um, trusting the work that I've put in. You know, so I try to keep same mindset and uh, try to keep my work consistent leading up to the week and throughout the week. Um, so there's nothing, there's nothing in particular that I'm 
that I'm stressing or that I'm doing more the night before, the day before, the day of. Um, because for me, you know, it's about trusting that whole, that whole week prior, previous, and about trusting the work that I put in that week. And so, um, you know, I feel good during catch play. And the day before, you know, my, my prep day, um, before the outing, you know, I just want to make sure I got a good feel for the ball. I got a good feel for, for my pitches and, um, mom's feeling good and ready to go and ready to compete for the next day. So there's really not a whole lot, um, as far as in, as far as, you know, like diet goes, not a big breakfast eater, not a big breakfast eater. I like to be, what? I like to, really? I like to really, really, um, typically don't eat breakfast and typically don't have my first meal till about 11 noon. Wow. Um, depending on what, what time weights are. So, um, I like to stay lean and I like to, I like to feel a little whippy on the mound and you know, that's, that's the, that's the type of diet that, that helps me feel that way. Um, and so, you know, just trusting the work, the week's worth, uh, the week's worth, excuse me, uh, of work, week's worth of work. Try saying that 10 times fast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just really, just really putting faith in, in the work that I've done and, and knowing that, you know, the results will take care of himself and just got to keep, keep my head down and keep grinding and keep, uh, keep staying consistent with my work. So obviously there's a big difference between position players and pitchers and being a pitcher, either a reliever or a starter. And it's funny talking to, to Willow and McLean and, uh, and, and McLean, <laughs> Willow and McLean, uh, O'Connor and, and Jason. Same I'm actually thing. in the room right now, but the <laughs> Wi-Fi is a little bit better than mine. So, <laughs> or than my, in my room, but being, but being uh, position players. And when you're in the swing of things, I mean, you're, you're playing every day. It's, it's very routine where the routines are, are kind of the same day to day. They don't vary very much. So when I ask them about the routines, it's kind of, uh, you know, I, I show up, I get, I get loose, take some swings off the tee, whatever I get in there and I bang, like that's what we do. And if I'm, if I'm working on something with my elbow or with my, with my leg kick, something like that, like not a whole lot of thought. I mean, Yes, there is a lot of thought that goes into it, but it's it's really there's not this disclaimer. So what I'm trying to get to is the pitcher weekly where you guys know that you're pitching on Friday or Saturday or Sunday or whatever it is. And so you have these six days where there is a specific plan. So you mentioned day before prep. So like what other things are you doing throughout the week? So say we're in a season and you guys are pitching on the weekend. Like, how does that week go? Like, when are you throwing your bullpens? What's like, what percentage are you throwing your bullpens at? Like, are you going 100%? Or are you going 50%? Does it does it depend on your arm strength or how? If you're sore, if it's late, early in the season, whatever it may be. Like, when are you playing catch? Those sorts of things. Because it's pretty much all planned out, and you have these different things that you do each day to get ready for your start. McGreevy, what do you got? Yeah, so uh, transitioning into the starter role last year, um, it was a lot more like, as you said, routine. Like, we know what we're going to do on certain days. And I really like that kind of mindset going in. Like, I have a certain thing I need to accomplish today. I got a long toss day, I got a bullpen day. And with those days, you try to go 100%, but you – like keep the intensity level at like 70. So if I'm, I'm not going to be chucking my bullpens on a Thursday when I start Sunday, 
So like the bullpens would be like 75%, but like with the same, like, like with the mental intensity of like hundred percent, like, Hey, like this is my start day, just preparing for that Sunday and being locked in. And that's my job. I got to do that day and certain other things and crushing weights. I know what days I'm going to lift on that week, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whether we're on the road or not. And it's a little different being when I was a reliever freshman year and how, like, I don't know what day I'm going to pitch on, whether it's Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, you kind of have to change up that mindset. Well, some weeks, some weeks you pitched every single day. Yeah. But you pitched Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. (laughs) Exactly. And that's like, I never had that certain day where like, okay, I know I'm going to lift heavy this day because I know I won't have to pitch tomorrow. Like I never had that freshman year. And like, you just had to like stay fresh while kind of sacrificing those heavy lifts where you can really um, put some work in. You just had to yeah. stay, you just had to stay fresh for the next day. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things that uh, I found was, was, was a big difference between position playing, uh, being a catcher and then pitching going into my new role, my new position, my freshman year. Um, and, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was tough at first, you know, you go from daily routines as a position player you know what you're going to do each day um, to weekly, even monthly routines as a pitcher, you know, where each day um, is not as routined as, as a position players might be. And that's just because that's where your arm health comes in. You got to listen to your arm. You got to listen to your body. And especially as a reliever, you know, you gotta, you gotta know that you're going to go in whenever you get your number called and you got to be ready to go. So there's that, there's that balance between finding, um, you know, I want to get better and I want to work and the balance between that and I need to, I need to go pitch today or yeah. I need to be, I need to be, I need to be able to go pitch tomorrow. Yeah. I just gotta know? be healthy. Right. Right. And it's just, it's just about finding that balance. And that's something, you know, with the, with the few starts that I've had as a gaucho, you know, it's something that, that I, I preferred um, that routineness of a starter. Um, but I, I enjoy the complexity of reliever, you know, so it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Well, both of you have had the chance to close games. Do you guys like, and you've also been able to start games. So you guys have been on both ends of the spectrum. Uh, What is it like to, to close games where is, have, were there moments where like you didn't know you were going to close or maybe you found out late that you were going to come in at the end of the game or maybe like the day before, like, what is it like mentality-wise uh, to come in and finish off a game, at least from your perspective? So as a reliever, my mentality, and I'm sure Troy's and most other relievers' mentality are as well, like you plan on going in that day. If your name is on the, um, the lineup card and everything, like it's like you have to think I'm going in today just to kind of like mentally prepare. So when your number is called, you're ready to go. So it's never like I don't think it's ever like a shock that someone goes in. But like it's just like a like you gotta be mentally prepared to go in, and it's a whole different feeling and like intensity level is that much higher. You're later in innings, you're at the very end of the game, and like you really need to go and give it everything you got. Yeah, it's it's almost better to you know assume that you're gonna go in that day and not get your number called than 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 assuming the the opposite, especially as a reliever. You know, as a closer, it's like you gotta be locked in, thinking okay, today is my day, yeah, and then. You know, if your number doesn't get called, well, we'll probably get called tomorrow. So get ready for tomorrow. Yeah, I, want, I wanted to get that question in because I was, 
I was curious because I was going to go to weights because I am curious about weights. How have, uh, like Luke's story, has done a tremendous job. I mean, weights have kind of moved around to a few different spots. Obviously, we're not lifting at the ICA right now. So how has weights been for um, over at uh, the tennis courts over by Harder Stadium? How has that been for you guys? And how has, uh, how has Luke and his staff uh, been handling it in your perspective? Yeah, I think it's about a good job, yeah. I mean, given the circumstances, I mean, it's, uh, it's tough to get in the ICA. It's tough to, it's tough to drag a squat rack out to the middle of Harder Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I, and you know, I understand that, but I almost enjoy the the different type of lifts that we're doing and the different type of movements that we're doing because of the limited access of, um, of res or not resources, but, uh, like the squat rack, for instance, you know, we're not doing, we're not doing your typical back squat, front squat, that kind of stuff. Um, but they're doing a really good job uh, with the alternative type training. And, you know, there's, there's really no complaints. And you see how hard those guys are working and trying to trying to get us good lifts. And they're doing a great job with it. Yeah, I agree. It's about as good as it could get. We're all just so thankful to be able to have that and just have a great sports medicine and training teams to get us out there and be able to put on some great lifts for us. So speaking of, of sports medicine and training, what does uh, Emma Hoffman's role as uh, the team trainer come in for you guys? Because <laughs> pitchers need treatment. Yeah, no, it's funny you treatment, ask that. And it's, and it's, it's, readily, it's readily available, and you're always encouraged to go. And as when I played in college, I, I never went into the training room. I probably should have. <laughs> I probably should have, but I, I just uh, I didn't feel like I needed it. But what, how's Emma been? Because like she crushes it, she's great. I mean, between conducting hundreds of COVID tests in the morning and then uh, working on thirty some odd pitchers in the evening, you know, she's she's got her plate full. Uh, uh, and, and you know, we we understand that and we appreciate that, and she's doing a great job. And you know, she's always at the field asking us, "Oh, you coming to see me? You coming to see me? You coming to see me?" Um, and she's, despite how much she has going on, and despite her plate being as full as it is, you know, she's still encouraging us to come in and, and, and do the things that we need to do to recover and get better. Yeah. The, the, the COVID, the COVID tests, are you guys a uh, swab the back of the mouth or the, the nose, the nasal swab? I am guys. definitely a nasal swab guy. Really? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not either. I, <laughs> I don't prefer one of the, of the other. I think whatever one, whichever one I'm doing, I was wishing I was doing the other one. <laughs> well, the uh, the nasal swab was certainly a surprise last week. Uh, it was, <laughs> the 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 first few rounds was in the was the the back of the mouth. So right, uh, mixing it up, it's it's been exciting. Keeping us on our toes for sure. <laughs> uh, let's talk about classes briefly. When school is normally in session. Do you guys like to bike or skateboard to class? And do you enjoy being on campus and cruising around in between classes? Like, is that something that you have taken note of um, and been observant of? Or are you just kind of, all right, got to get to the next class, then got to get to practice type guys? It's definitely something I took for granted. That's for sure. <laughs> I wish we were on campus. This is the first time in my life where I'm like, I really want to be in class right now in person. 
and not being able to do that and having to go on these zoom meetings is is quite tough and appreciating the nice campus that we have was definitely something I didn't do as much. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, it's about the question is, you know, how efficient do I need to be between place to place in the few days where, you know, I had extra time between classes or extra time between class practice weights, whatever. Um, those are the days I like to board and, and really just enjoy, enjoy going to class, enjoy going to the training room. Um, when I can afford to be that, to not be as efficient with my time. But, you know, there are days where it's, you know, you got a class until 1150, you've got weights at noon, and then you got, you got to practice at 130, you know, and, and for me taking a joy ride on the skateboard <laughs> just, that just doesn't give me the buffer of time that, you know, that um, I would like to have. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a bummer where we're at right now with COVID and everything. And I mean, I understand it and hopefully we get to be on our campus riding around, cruising around soon. But until now I'm cruising, I'm boarding to practice. Okay. And, uh, I'm curious about sleep. I have been sleeping a lot this summer. <laughs> it's just, I've been able to fill my day with enough activity where, where I can sleep. And I think I've been averaging seven and a half to eight hours. Like I think, which is a, a lot for a person who's generally as busy as I am. Uh, and being college students and being athletes, sleep is important. Obviously how much sleep do you guys get? Or try to get at least. Grievy, you try to get twelve hours, huh? If you can. No. <laughs> I, I, I see those sleep ratings. I see those sleep ratings. Yeah, they're they're definitely going up. But yeah, I think, <laughs> I think I'm averaging like nine and a half hours right now, and I'm just loving it. That's Are you cool. serious? Nine and a half? Yeah, like nine and a half right now. I'm just wow. Great sleep. I'm waking up, just smiling cheek to cheek, ear to ear. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I try to get my eight hours. Um, I think that's pretty standard. I'm a, I'm more of a morning person by nature to get up early. I like to enjoy my cup of coffee. Um, you know, and I like to enjoy getting, getting my day started early. So for me, it's seven and a half, eight hours. And that's been pretty consistent even throughout the summer and throughout the quarantine coronavirus. Okay. What are you guys majors? I'm a sociology major. Stats and philosophy. Stats and philosophy. Yes, sir. Is that a double major or is that one with a minor? Uh, well, for me, it's um, I'm on track for both. Either one of those I'll pick up as a minor, probably, uh, when I get my when I finish my degree, and then the one one of them I'll uh, have the have the bachelor's in. But I enjoy both. Give me give me your quick spiel on philosophy. I took a philosophy of religion class in college and it was, it was pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy I enjoy the thought that goes in, into it. Um, I enjoy, you know, logic. I enjoy logic games. That's probably kind of nerdy of me, but you know, it's uh, it is, it is what it is. And um, my quick spill about philosophy. Let's see. Big critical thinker over here. <laughs> Try to be, try to be. Um, let's see. Quick spiel on philosophy. It, it, it advances a lot of my curiosity. Okay. Wow. That's, that's all I needed. That's great. That's my quick spiel. Mind blown. What's your quick spiel on Soch McGreevy? It's a, 
it's a common major amongst athletes. Um, it's 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 not a knock on sociology at all. No, I didn't take it because I, I, I took I took I was a history major, and there were a lot of sociology, you know, things that were related to history, uh, and you have to take a bunch of history classes to to finish your social major. But what's your spiel on sociology? Just understanding of the society that we live in and the bits and pieces that go into its functioning properties. That was pretty by the book. Yeah, I try to be. Well done. <laughs> okay, one more baseball question before we get to the quick hitters at the end. What are your guys' personal goals for this season? and the rest of your gaucho careers because we we hope we hope that we play full season this year and you guys get selected by a major league team that's that's the goal ultimately but like i want to hear it from from you guys what uh what your guys goals are for this year definitely this year is win another big west championship winning a regional super regional and going all the way to omaha and winning it all what about a personal what about a personal goal Personal. Hmm. I know you're 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 trying to you're trying to push the velo a little bit. Are you trying to develop another pitch? Or are you trying to throw a hundred innings? Like, have you thought that that far ahead? No, I really haven't. To be honest, I really haven't thought that far ahead. I like I like living in the moment. I like making those goals like right before season, or maybe even during season. But right now, it's all about development and becoming the best pitcher I can be right now, and helping out the team the best way I can come season. Yeah, no, I guess I'll, uh, I guess I'll echo the, the team goal. You know, I think, I think, uh, I think everybody wants to win a big West title and I think everybody wants to go to Omaha and have a chance to win that thing. And I think we have the talent and we, we have the necessary resources to do it. Uh, I like our, I like our odds. I like our chances. Um, as far as a personal goes, goals go, you know, I'm still, still kind of fresh off of TJ um, trying to stay healthy, really trying to listen to my arm and not and not push it. Uh, and as far as in, you know, like seasonal goals, uh, statistical goals, I don't have any of those um, yet. You know, with my with my first and foremost goal, you know, just being keeping my arm healthy and keeping it in good shape, ready to roll. I would like to remind everyone that the Gauchos, the last two seasons combined, fifty eight and thirteen. With a big West title, fifty-eight and thirteen, and thirteen and two in twenty twenty, the shortened season, and you got Chris Troy coming back, you got McGreevy coming back, the two guys on this podcast who are going to lead this pitching staff, along with guys who we haven't heard from yet, Rodney Boone, Zach Tora. We did hear from Connor Dan, who will be out in the bullpen. Connor Roberts. I mean, talk about a strong pitching staff, which was already very strong last year. And I think it, and uh, I like to say this, but things do get better with age. Uh, <laughs> yours truly is getting better with age. <laughs> so I would have disagreed with you until, uh, until I realized I'm a senior now. So mm-hmm. it feels like the last few years have flown by. Wild, yeah, right? Absolutely. When you said, when you said 16 months, when I overheard 16 months, I thought I was like, I was like, wow, really? I, it like it like blew my mind because like I do remember hearing when you when you went down this summer, and then just this whole year has been it's 
depending on how you think about it, it either has lasted three years or it's gone by in the blink of an eye. Like it's kind of both worlds here. So absolutely, we've reached the concluding portion of this podcast. We've had some fun already, so let's have a little more fun. And I'm going to ask the same questions that I asked McLean and Jason. So quick hitters. I'm going to ask a question and you guys just quick response. First thing that pops into your head, either a single word or, or a brief sentence. All right. Favorite post-practice meal. Steamed chicken and rice. Freebirds. What do you get at Freebirds? I change it up. I like to spice it up depending on, you know, how much red meat I've had the week. And, um, <laughs> you know, typically I'm a big steak guy in my burrito, but, if I've if I've had a little too much red meat, then I'll go chicken. But definitely burrito. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm just playing. I'm a free birds too. <laughs> <laughs> Monster burrito or a regular burrito? Yeah, two twenty five, come on. All right. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Yeah, Super Bowl pick. Bears. <laughs> 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 you can't be serious. Definitely not. Definitely not the Chiefs for McLean. That's for sure. Yeah, I would love to say the Chargers, but it's not looking good right now. As good uh, as Herbie I'm, has been, I don't. Uh, Chargers. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go with the Steelers. Why not? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see if the Bears can do it. The Bears. So you're standing. You're standing by your Bears pick. You're standing by it. I got no reason not to. I got to find a quarterback. <laughs> work, but hey. Yeah, I guess, I guess Nick Foles is terrible, huh? Just awful, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> questionable. Questionable. Okay, Lamborghini or Ferrari? Lambo. Ferrari, probably. Okay, Chris Troy, first guy to say Ferrari. Jason and McLean were both Lambo guys. Yeah. Are you, you red Ferrari, yellow Ferrari, black Ferrari? Um, probably black, maybe a matte black. Mm. Yeah. Not a big car guy though. Not a big car guy. I'm happy with my, uh, with my, with my Ford F-150 that I got right now. Rocking a 2007 Ford F-150 and, uh, pretty, pretty happy about that. Yeah, exactly. Very serviceable. Exactly. What kind of car do you have? You have a car? I have my mom's Chevy Equinox LTZ. I believe it's a 20... 13 model total mom car but boy do i look good in it yeah Excellent. i can see you rocking a mom car greaves come on now. <laughs> <laughs> all right in- instagram or twitter i do twitter. not have twitter so instagram troy your twitter? twitter yes sir you got all the lingo and and everything down to a t hashtags and all that no i i'm actually uh I'm actually not a big tweeter myself. Okay. I'm not, I'm not very active on my own profile. Um, I do. I like Twitter more so just for the, uh, for the content that, that I look at and like to research and stuff like that. Okay. The, the next, the question that I asked Jason and McLean was uh, the matte blue helmets or the shiny helmets, but you guys aren't hitters. So I'm trying to think of a picture one. I should have thought of this beforehand. That's fine. We can we can work on the fly. I like the matte blue helmet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like you're. You guys are a little limited on what you can do on the mound. You can't have any arm 
arm stuff that distracts the hitter. Gauchos go black gloves. Um, let's see here. What, what can I come up with? Okay, how, how about this? How about this? You you strike out a guy to end the seventh in a one-run game with the tying run on base. Are you a, like, a let's go body language in your face, or are you like a walk back to the dugout stoic? I meant to do that. Oh, fist pump. Let's go. Be all everything. Come on. I'd like to think I'm a bit more stoic about it. Um, but put me in the ninth with the same situation, and I guarantee you'll begin to let's go. Oh, fire me up, Troy. Come Love on, that. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If uh, if the Gauchos were to make a throwback or an alternate uniform, what would it look like? Mm. Or what would you guys want to see? What would you want to wear? Definitely I'd not. love to see some pinstripes, honestly. Yeah, pinstripes would be cool. I don't want any of those like those super baggy uniforms. No, no, no. Oh. I'm talking. I'm talking white pinstri or white unis, uh, thin blue pinstripes. Yeah, I'm liking that. Big SB. Maybe throw a palm tree on there. I don't know. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, I like the way pinstripes look. Yeah, pinstripes. Opinion. Okay. Okay. I like it. Everyone's a fan of the pinstripes. There's some there's some quote from a movie. I I tried to do it there, but I, <laughs> everyone's intimidated by the pinstripes. It's from uh, Catch Me If You Can with uh, with Leo and yeah. uh, and Christopher Walken. Can't stop staring at the pinstripes. Can't stop staring at the gauchos. Can't stop staring at Chris Troy and Mike McGreevy, God. who are going to be studs on the mound this year for the gauchos guys. Uh, this was fun. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your evenings. I'm sure you got lots of studying to do and some sleep to catch up on. And we got a big scrimmage tomorrow. So study up, rest up, and uh, we'll see you at the yard. Thank you, Kevin. It was, it was an honor. Thank you. All right. Chris Troy, Mike McGreevy. Thanks, guys. All right, big thanks to our sponsor, Cal's Kitchen. Go check out their website, calskitchen.com slash giving back to help donate to special needs funds around the Santa Barbara community. And a big thanks to Michael McGreevy and Chris Troy. They were both psyched when I asked them to come on the podcast. They had a lot of fun. And we hope that you're having a lot of fun listening and getting a, another perspective of uh, these players and this program and the history and where we've been and where we're going. And this current episode here that you're listening to, uh, a bit of a landmark, 30 episodes, 30. Uh, we started this back in May to give some some content to our fans after the, the cancellation of the season. And we've talked to a great number of gauchos from Michael Young and Skip Schumacher to Ryan Spoborgs and Travis Rogers, J.J. Muno, Clay Fisher, uh, so many names have been on this pod and we know that it's going strong and it's going to continue to go strong through the season. And we're looking forward to uh, the next series of guests that we'll have. So uh, I've been having a lot of fun doing it and I just want to keep, uh, keep on keeping on because uh, this is fun and it's great being back on the field again and talking about baseball and talk about the growth of these players in this program. So next week we will have a fall report 
try and get maybe a coach or two on to, to say a few things. Uh, we'll talk to David and Spencer and uh, hopefully we'll have a special guest to clear up some things and talk about some things that happened. So, uh, yep, that's going to do it. So, uh, stay safe, keep hanging in there. We're almost through it. And, uh, just, uh, yeah, have a great week. <laughs>